JD Talking Sports, Monday, April 10th, 2017. Drop the G on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, subscribe on iTunes. Now, watching the Cubs, their rain delay just went on nine, nine after nine, our time. They haven't even started playing yet their game. Now, they put up a banner from 1907. Then they put up a banner for winning the pennant. Then they put up a championship banner. And I think what Cashman says, we only put up banners for championships because that's all that matters. I mean, the other teams can put up. And, I, you know, I tend to agree. Can't put up for every nook and cranny. And I think the Cubs warranted enough would have been just putting up the championship banner. I don't think they have to put up that they won the pennant in 2016. I think put the championship one up and that's it. I like the gold on the back of the uniforms. I'm happy for them. They got a shot. I'm going to put up for the game, for the show today. But yeah, I tend to agree a little too much. Can't have one up for everything. I remember Carolina had a one up for making the Sweet 16, the final. Hey, you know what? Put up for championships. It looks a lot better. There'd be six banners, but six banners show when you got six championships. A lot more than having up for Sweet 16s, uh, Elite Eight, all that crap, or making the NCAA tournament. That's great and all, but I'd rather see the real hardware. That's all you need up. And like the Patriots, they don't have space right now for another banner. And if, you know, Brady plays, like he says, another six or seven years, I could have to put up more. And it's nice to have that problem where you have to find space for championship banners. That's all I'm going to say on that front. All right, Isaac, got to go. Yankees, 115th opening day today. They win 8-1. Pineda retired the first 20, had a no, I'm sorry, perfect game until two outs in the sixth when he gave up a double to Evan Longoria. And then he ended up giving a home run up to Logan Morrison, left with a 3-1 lead, 7.2 innings pitched. Yeah, he get two outs in the seventh. He perfect, lost perfect game with two outs in the seventh. P- pretty awesome, right? 7.2 innings, pitched two hits, earned one, 93 pitches, no base on balls, 11 Ks. His ERA went from over 9 to 3.97. Yankees second win in a row. Let's, let's, hey, 3 and 4 now. Tampa Bay falls to 5 and 3. Seven Yankees drove in runs. Seven of the nine starters had a hit. Chase Headley had his second home run of the game. Aaron, a uh, second home run of the season. Aaron Judge. Second straight day with a home run. He went two for four with an RBI. His you know his his I'm sorry his batting average was 133 at the start before yesterday's game. He's now 261. You know what? You got to give these time these players time now. Starling Castro first home run. That's good. And the first pitch was thrown out by Joe Torre, Willie Randolph, and Tino Martinez. Now Martinez and Randolph were coaches on the US USA WBC championship team. And Gardner and Ellsbury were 1-2 in the lineup. And Gardner has five stolen bases in the year. He had two today. Gotta love it, man. Gotta love it. Awesome. And Aaron Judge had said, the first one is always the toughest to get, to be honest. I'm still trying to get comfortable up there. Well, hey, he's getting a little more comfortable. And Judge, Batances, and Holiday both said yesterday was a must-win for them. Mission accomplished. And also, Kyle... Higashioka spent 10 years in Yankees minor before being called for the first time on Sunday. He was actually in triple A, was eating dinner on Saturday night, drove six hours to Baltimore with his wife, and bam, 
He got in. The, he actually didn't get in the game Sunday, but he got in the game today. No plate appearances, but he got. He did some catching today. You got to love that. Now he was more seen more as Higashioka was seen more as a defensive catcher, but last year in Double A AA, and Triple A, hit twenty two home runs, eighty one RBIs. Got to love it. Got to love it. You know, and and Holiday yesterday, f- five times he walked on twenty five pitches, swung twice. Personal high for him, tied a team record. And his on-base percentage went from 429 to 538 in one game. How about that, right? Pretty awesome. Hey, Pineda, man, he needed a big, he needed a game like that. Alex Cobb took the loss, false a 101. He went over 7.1, six hits, five runs, four earned, base ball, seven Ks. Fell to one and one with a 346 ERA. Castro got a home run. I got to like that. Seven Yankees drove in runs. I liked it, you know, good stuff. And Yankees are off tomorrow. And then Jordan Montgomery is going to be the, the fifth starter. He's making his debut Wednesday versus Blake Snell, who's only one with a 540 ERA on Wednesday, 105 p.m. I'd like to go to the game. And then this just came in. Gary Sanchez, a grade one bicep strain at four weeks. That means that Austin Romine and Higashioko. Hey, Higashioko. He is going to get some. At bats, let's see if he can produce. Be nice to have, ex, you know. Be nice that you know, if if Higashioka ends up, you know, being the real deal, you know, Sanchez and him could be playing. You might have other guys. It'd be, we'd love to have, I'd love to have more at bats up here, more more power in the lineup. I would love it. I would love it a lot. Mets. I, I, I went to bed, couldn't stay awake. 5-2 last night over the Marlins. Thor went seven innings, five hits, two runs. One earned run, nine Ks, no base on balls. ERIs 0-6-9, got the W. Addison Reed scoreless ninth for his first save. Struck out five of the first six batters. Jay Bruce hit, a, hit his second home run. Michael Conforto, home run. His first, two RBIs. Rivera threw out two base runners in the third when they had cut the lead to 3-2. to two. Got D. Gordon out at third, and he is a fast, fast boy. Now they began the day 29th in batting average at 192, ahead of only Seattle, and only also 16 runs tied with the Astros for 28th in the league. Reyes is now one for 23, oh zero point zero four three batting average on the season. He said doesn't like the cold weather, but he doesn't want to offer any excuses. But that's what he said. And you know Thor in 27 innings against the Marlins, Syndergaard has. 38 Ks in 27 innings. Tonight, they uh, they were up 4-2 in the eighth. And hey, Jay Bruce, I'm going to to check. They were in the bottom of the eighth. When I checked, they are still, oh, top of the ninth. Mets are up 4-2. Jay Bruce hit his third and fourth home runs today. Two for three, three RBIs. Just hit a tiebreaker two-run two run homer in the eighth. Jacob DeGrom, six innings, six hits, two runs, two base of balls, three Ks. Smokers played. Smokers pitched uh, two-thirds of an inning. Blevins, two-thirds of an inning. And Hansel Robles is in right now, two-thirds of an inning. So right now the relievers, only two hits so far in relief. One base on ball, one strike. But Jay Bruce, four home runs already on the season. You got to love it. Checking his stats right now, he is... 304, four home runs, six RBIs, 448 on base percentage. You know what? 
you know what? This could be, you know, this is, he gets hot now, forget about it. Lucas Duda, he's in a 250 now, leads the team. Well, he led the team. Now he's behind Bruce. He was leading the team with four RBIs. Neil Walker was hitting 167, but tonight Neil Walker 0 for 2 with an RBI. And actually, Jay Bruce, the Mets, it's kind of scary. Mets only have four hits on the day. Again, they're not hitting. Hey, but they have four runs. Get the win any way they can. Tomorrow, it's going to be Matt Harvey. You want to know what the 270 ERA against Clay Buckholtz, former Red Sox, 0 and zero, no, 0 with a 720 ERA. But Mets going for the win. Top of the ninth. All right, they already have two outs in the inning. And I was going to, okay, that's, okay. yep. I can't, hey, Jay Bruce, I am very happy. Very happy. Hey, you know, four hits, four runs, who cares? A win is a win, right? I don't care. You win ugly. You win pretty. You win anyway. It's always good. Now, LeBron and Kyrie Irving are not playing tonight for the Cavaliers. They're tied 106 all with two minutes left. They were up by four, and the Nets lost tonight. They fall to 20-61. and They lost to the Celtics. Isaiah Isaiah Thomas, 27 points. Jeremy Lin led the Nets with 20, led the Nets with 26. Yeah, damn. Nets were getting blown out. Sorry, Nets were getting blown out. And they they actually went on a 31-14 one at the end of the third quarter, but they couldn't, couldn't get any closer. Lopez, Brooke Lopez is now the all-time leading scorer for the the Nets. He had 25 tonight. Jeremy Lin, 26. 12 12 rebounds, 4 assists. And Karis LaVert at 12. Off the bench, Justin Hamilton, 11 points. Led the bench, scoring. Couldn't get the job done. Couldn't get the job done. And Boston improves to 52 and 29. I'll tell you, I'm kind of shocked. I think the Cavs are, you know, calling. I thought the Cavs were going to keep playing for a number one seed. I guess after that triple overtime loss yesterday, which I just read on ESPN. You got to love that stuff. Well, about the, okay, the NBA disagreed with LeBron James' assertion that his sixth foul was called incorrectly in the Cleveland Cavaliers' loss. The league in its last two minute report released Monday. Upheld the referee's decision saying James pushed Paul Millsap in the back when the Hawks four was airborne with 115 remaining. It was the sixth time James has fouled out in his 14-year career. 14-year career. That's what he said after the game. James, it wasn't a, wasn't a foul. My, it wasn't a foul on my sixth foul. I knew I had five fouls. I knew the ball was going long, so I may have grazed, you know, Millsap a little bit. But I mean, throughout the course of the game that happens, I didn't push him or anything like that. But there were, they said there were three officiating errors against Cleveland, while one that went uncalled and would have benefited. They, they found three officiating errors against Cleveland, while one that went uncalled and would have benefited Atlanta. I love You know, it's like when I read this shit, I'm just like, you know. <laughs> they said the first one mistake came with 31.8 seconds remaining in the fourth. Cavs were up 109-105. Kent, uh, Kent Basmore made contact with Kyrie Irving's arm. 
on a missed jump shot. The league deemed it was incorrect, non-call by the official. Then with 5.9 seconds left in regulation, Cleveland was up by two. Uh, Bazemore and Millsap trapped Irving in the corner of the court, and both Hawk defenders had their hand on the ball while Irving tried to protect it. The free whistle for a jump ball, which the league determined was an incorrect call because both Millsap and uh, Bazemore were standing out of bounds when they touched the ball, which should have been awarded the possession back to the Cavs. Now, the, on the ensuing jump ball between Basmore and Irving, the Hawks retain possession, setting up Millsap's buzzer-beating baseline jumper to force overtime. And then in overtime, there was a pair of incorrect calls, one that would have helped the Hawks and one that would have helped the Cavs. You know, I, I'm just like, what, you know what? <laughs> Listen, there's two-minute reportage of shit. I'm sorry. You know what? If you're going to make the goddamn, you know, it's over. The pl- calls weren't made. Mistakes were made. Game's over. doesn't matter. You can't give up a 26-point lead in the fourth quarter. doesn't matter what blown calls, whatever. You can't give up a 26-point lead in the fourth. You can't get outscored 44-18 in the, in the fourth, 59-32 in fourth and overtime. You can't do it. You can't be a defending champs and do that shit. should never happen. Not this late in the season. Maybe early in the season, but not this kind of mistakes this late in the season. And I don't know if they think they're just going to turn it on come postseason. I, I don't see it happening. That loss dropped the Nets to 11-12. and 12. Well, they, they were 11-11 going to the game, which is the sixth best in the East coming to the game. They're 11-12. Lynn, who's missed 45 games, 43 due to hamstring issues. Nets are now 10-12 and 12 with Lynn in current lineup. Going to the game, he's averaging 15 and 4.9 assists. That's going to improve. That went up. And the second unit has really helped the Nets with more active pressing D with, young, with, with the young athletic unit. So the Nets fall at 20-61. Celts improved to 15-2-29. Now, this is interesting. In the 9-49 start, the Nets were 27th in NBA defensive rating and 24th in field goal defense. And since March 1st, they're 7th in both categories. It's a big jump up. Kenny Atkinson's going to get them in the right place to 11-12 in the last 23. You know what? Hey, they lost tonight, but they're playing hard. They're not giving up, and you got to love that stuff. And the Knicks. Knicks don't play till Wednesday. Finish the season against the Sixers. Yeah, I just want to make sure. I, I, I want to make sure JD Talk and Sports dropped the G on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I want to make sure. Yes, they host the Sixers on Wednesday, 8 o'clock. Ron Baker and Justin Holiday are going to force the team to question how much they'll spend on of their precious cap room in free agency this summer. They're both free agents. Knicks have a 6.3% chance of winning the draft lottery. And Marbury says you have to continue to change the culture and feels Phil Jackson is the right man for the job. Yeah, because, you know, Stefan, when you were with the Knicks, you know, the culture was in its best place. I mean, here was a guy who you would think would come here, wanted to play here, New York City, schoolboy legend, and it just turned out to a shit show when he was here. Nothing good came of it. It was a mess. He's playing in China right now. Stay over there. Enjoy your time. He says he might want to coach. I say go for it. You were... I thought you were going to be a superstar. And then you couldn't play with freaking Garnett. You, 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 you guys could have been a, a tandem for who knows how long. They might have even won a championship. But the ego got the best of them. And I think Marbury just didn't have as great an NBA career as he could have had. I thought he was going to be the, the bomb. And he, he bombed more than he hit. I just, not really a fan. All right. Mets just gave a home run. 4-3, bottom of the ninth. That's not good at all. Mets are going to make you sweat. Jesus Christ, man. See, they don't have Familia. Not good, not good at all. Just gave up the home run. I'm trying to see who's pitching now for the Mets. 
Ooh, Addison Reed gave up the home run. We came in for the save situation. Oof, I'll tell you, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to feel a lot like Christmas. So it's 4-3, ninth inning. Yeah, not good. Not good at all. I'm trying to check the basketball scores. I'm trying to see. Cavs look like they're going overtime. It's 108-108 with one second left in the fourth. Bulls are only up 105-69. to All right. Now, James Harden had his 21st triple-double last night. 35 points, 11 rebounds, 15 assists. They won over the Kings 135-128. They're 54-26. They're playing the 49-31 Clippers, 10-30 tonight, TNT. It's going to be on another half an hour. I'm not going to make it that long. But he is having a... Harden is having a monster, monster year. Monster. And that's a big game tonight. Now, they're going to actually host OKC in the playoffs, so it's going to be interesting. The two finalists for the MVP, Damian Lillard last night. I'm sorry. Not last night. Saturday night. Had 59 points. Yeah, Saturday night, 59 points, nine threes, tied his career high. Also, team record, 27th game with 30 or more points. Only Blades with three games of 50-plus points this year. No turnovers in the game Saturday night. Missed two free throws with 23.1 seconds left. That would have put him over 60. Early in the week, they had lost to Utah at Utah, 106-87. He had 16 points below his average. This year's averaging 27, 4.9 rebounds, 5.9 assists. They were on a two-game losing streak, which they snapped on Saturday. They play tonight. They play, and they clinched a playoff berth. They play the host of the 61-19 Spurs. And the Clips going into tonight's game, five-game winning streak. They beat the Spurs 98-87. Spurs' sixth home loss since the beginning of December. They're 30, they finished 31-10 at the AT&T Center. Clippers 92 the last 11. Tied with Utah, which has to play Golden State and San Antonio the last two games, which I think is going to knock them out. And they're playing tonight. They're playing at the Warriors. They lose tonight. Clippers win. It's over. Clippers will clinch the fourth place in the division. Harden, they're saying he's a better and more reliable shooter than Westbrook and more assists per game. Listen, let's talk a little bit about Westbrook, who is has 42 triple-doubles in the season. Going into Sunday, he was averaging 31.7, 10.7 rebounds, 10.4 assists. Second player after big uh, the Big O to average a triple-double for the season. He has twice as many triple-doubles as Harden, 42 to 21. Followed LeBron with 13. Entering Sunday, the rest of the league combined had 38. Now, no other Thunder player has a triple-double this season. Westbrook has 79 triple-doubles, putting him fourth on the career list behind Robertson, Magic Johnson, and Jason Kidd. His 42 this season will be good enough for eighth all-time in NBA history. Triple-doubles this season since he joined the league. Now listen to this. Total, triple-double totals by season since he joined the league in 2008-2009. One, one, three, zero in his fourth year. One in his fifth. Two, 11, 18, and 42. 18, that's amazing. 13 of his triple-doubles this season have come in three quarters or less. He scored 57 against the Magic on March 29th, surpassing the record for points scored while collecting triple-double. Scoring 50 points in a triple-double has been done five times a season, three times by Westbrook and twice by Harden. From 1976 to 2015, it was never done. 
Also, I, I, I have stats galore here, folks. Also, Westbrook has scored a triple-double this season against 27 of 29 opponents, falling only against the Bulls and the Trailblazers, and he fell just one rebound short against the Bulls. Back, uh, back when Robinson set the mark, it was not especially heralded. The term triple-double was not regularly used at the time. Though other publications started a little earlier, the New York Times first, what Jeff Rulin called, they called, he responded with a triple-double-digit effort. And Robertson in 61-62 was good for only third in MVP voting behind Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain. Westbrook will probably do better than that. But this is the thing. So they're talking about the Rockets could challenge the Cavs, Warriors, and Spurs. I'm like, playoffs? It's all about the defense. And I don't see Houston with Dan and Tony playing any defense. That I, I think they're going to lose to OKC in the first round. I think Westbrook is going to play like an animal. I don't. I am not impressed at all. I think I know they have 54 wins, the Rockets, but I think OKC, that game lasts out of control. And Nick Wright from Fox Sports said it would be unprecedented to give an award to a player whose team didn't crack 50 wins or in a top four conference seed. I call bullshit on that front because I feel that... Oh, wow. Miami is up six in overtime. But OKC wouldn't have... They're 46 and 34. I think they'd win probably 30 games with Adam this season. I don't think it matters. 50 wins. I don't matter. I think it matters to conference. I don't think that. Why does it. What's the most valuable player to his team? It has to be Westbrook. I mean, he has kept them in. He scored the last 15 points of the games last last night. Last last night, 50 points, 16 rebounds, 10 assists. Eliminated the Nuggets from the playoff contention. I mean, he hit that thing. Listen to this. Last nine games, Westbrook's averaging over 37 a game. Almost 13 rebounds and almost 11 assists. The last nine games, 57 against the Mavs, 40 against the Hornets, 45 against the Grizz, 50 last night against the Nuggets. I say bullshit. I say they, yeah, I just think that's ridiculous. Okay, maybe Harden's a better shooter, but he has done more times this year. He has willed his team from coming back from behind. He's put them on his shoulders and just carried them. And I'll tell you, he'd have a lot more assists if his guys would hit shots. So I totally disagree. I think OKC is going to beat Houston in the goddamn playoffs. It's not even, it's, you know, I, I, I want to see him rub it in his face. I'm tired of hearing about, yeah, Harden's played a great year. They won 54 games. Great. But I feel that he is, yeah, I feel like they'd be nowhere. He lost Durant. I mean, you know, they changed his whole system. Yeah, Harden has played great this year. He's put up great. His season numbers are out of control. Over 27 a game. I'm sorry, 29 a game, 11 rebounds, 11 assists, 8 rebounds. He's having a monster season. Mets win. Thank God. Mets win 4-3. Thank you. Mets get the win. That's all I care about. What are the Mets' record now? Mets, Mets, Mets. Trying to find the Mets' record. JD Talking Sports, we are all about... I had the Mets' record. Oh, I thought this was interesting about the Mets. No two and three team. I forgot to talk about this with the Mets. No two and three team has won the World Series. And I was going to go, and it said, let's not, don't panic, Mets fans, but come on. So a two and three team has not won the World Series. I'm like, bullshit. You know what? Five games is going to, maybe in football, five games. I love that stat. I'm like, wow, you guys just pull anything out. And hey, I, I talk about it too, but I thought that was crazy. Unbelievable. But that's what I feel. I think OKC is going to beat Houston. And I feel that, not even the triple doubles. I felt that he has carried his team more times this season and willed them to win and to get 46 wins this season. I didn't think OKC was... I didn't think, I didn't think they were going to do much of anything this year. I really didn't. He's had a hell of a year. 
and the Raptors won the last three, eight of the last ten. For the third seed, they would avoid the Cavs if the Cavs get the number one seed until the East Finals. We shall see. They might meet earlier. I'll tell you. Boston is now a... Wow. Let me see. Yep, 116-113. now. The Heat are up on the Cavs. Bulls are up 114-69 in the Magic with 146 left. That is ugly. All right. Just want to make sure I'm covering. Okay, I, I thought this was uh, for Sergio. This would, uh, I read this for Peter King. Happy for Sergio, he said. Parcells once said now, Bill Parcells once said, now they can't say you can't do it. How about this? Mike Trout has seven home runs off King Felix, Felix Hernandez. Pretty, pretty amazing, right? Pretty amazing. And Steve Fisher, retiring from San Diego State, 27-year career with the Aztecs and Wolverines, won the 89 title, went to two, two, two uh, championship games with the Fab, Fab Five, won title 89 over Stephen Hall. That game always pissed me off. Brian Dutcher, the coaching waiting is going to take over. He also was he was fired from Michigan in 1997. Booster Ed Martin. That was a lot of money that went to. Oh man, I'm blanking on his. I, I see his face. Chris Weber. He went 19 and 14, 99 in the Mountain West this year with San Diego State. Before he came to San Diego State, 13 of the 14 previous seasons they didn't make the they, they had losing seasons. Well. They went to the tournament six years in a row, 2009 to 2015. Paris with 16s. In 18 years, eight tournament, eight NCAA tournaments, five NITs, 386-209 at San Diego State, 571-290 overall. He was a hell of a coach. 27-year career. Enjoy 72-year-old Steve Fisher. Enjoy retirement. Congrats. L'chaim. Mazel tov. You earned it. You, you turned around a, a college that was, was done. Done, done, done. Right? That's impressive. Don't you think that's impressive? And how about this? Doug Wade took over January 17th. Islanders were last place. They went 24, wins 12, losses, four four ties, finished one point out of the playoff spot. Bring them back. Let's see what can happen. Do it. Do it. And I read this in the MMQB. Listen to this. You know when they busted the guy from Mexico with... with Brady's jersey. Well, he had a friend, a little short, chunky guy who they called uh, Gordito or the fat little one. He had an orange and navy blue helmet with year-old scuff marks on the crown. Von Miller's Super Bowl 50 helmet. How the hell did he get all this shit? And you know what drove me? You know what? I read, So I read this article. They said, a cross-continental search that had cost hundreds of man hours and tested the geopolitical relationship between two countries. Hundred of man hours? Hundred of man hours? Are you kidding me? Hundreds of man hours. How is that possible? I read that. I just was like, you have to be kidding me. You have to be kidding me. (coughs) Sorry, JD Talker Sports. Sometimes we get so emotional that our voice cracks. But we come back and we come back strong. I just can't believe hundreds of man hours to get this stupid fucking jersey back. No offense, but that was a waste of money. Total waste of money. Also, the projected starting left tackle of the Rams, Andrew Whitworth, is four years, one month older than the Rams head coach, Sean McVay. Okay. Listen, there's a lot of people younger than me that are more mature than I am. I think age is a number. I think this coach has been doing this a long time. If he gains the respect of the players, who gives a shit if he's 10 years younger? If he knows what he's doing, 
kid, people shut up and they take him as a coach. And this, this, this I love. This, this, I, I just, I just think it's, I think it's glorious. NFL Network had a 5 p.m. show today to reveal the preseason schedule. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a show for for preseason football? Preseason football. How how do you how do you do that? How do you have how do you have how do you have a show at five o'clock for preseason games? Who cares? Who cares? Does anybody care? No. It's preseason football. That's why it's called preseason. But I'll tell you, NFL Network has to feel relevant all the fucking time. And it's bullshit. You can't be relevant all the time. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And they find the players who participated in the Long Vegas arm wrestling event. No shit. You know, that was going to happen. But this threw me for a loop. Marshall Lynch is interested in joining the pass. What the fuck? I thought he was going to the Raiders. Jets are not going to win a freaking title until, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be Peanuts' great-great-grandkids. That's who's going to see the Jets win a Super Bowl. I made a bet with my friend Harris, and I, that, that that is not happening anytime soon. Not in my lifetime. And the Jets signed the former CFL all-star cornerback, John Ojo. So I did some research. I wanted to know, I know nothing about him. And I figured, you know what, since the Jets are going to go probably 1-15 next year. I said, you know what, let's give John Ojo his day in the sun. Well, he played college football at Florida A&M, 6'3", 205, undrafted 2014. He played for the Edmonton Eskimos. Basically, he was on the practice squad, cut, released. 2015, he gets on the team. He becomes an all-star, Grey Cup champion. He had 41 tackles, 8 special team tackles, 5 interceptions, one which he returned for a touchdown. Then 2016, in preseason, he ruptures his Achilles, done for the season. He's 27 years old. He said he just completed rehab on the Achilles. Reported that he's a cornerback, but he may end up as a free safety, is what he played at Florida A&M. Undrafted, as I said, out of 2014. Freakishly long arms, 35 and 3 eighths. Also, his 41-inch vertical leap, they said, would put him second out of all the cornerbacks in this year's this year's NFL Combine. Now they said it could be a camp, a camp uh, body, but I feel, you know, why not give this guy a shot? He showed he can play. Let's see what happens, right? Anything's possible. Give him a shot. See what can happen. But John Ojo, I wanted to give you a shot. Give you, give you some love. And I, I love this. April tenth, two thousand seventeen. USC quarterback Sam Darnold is a five to one favorite to win. The Heisman, Baker Mayfield, seven to one. Lamar Jackson, eight to one. Four to one. That uh, two of the three players on the list don't even make it to to make get a sniff of the Heisman because their teams are out of it by then. I was going to say something about the players, but that's bad karma. But I'm just, that's what I'm saying. I mean, April tenth, two thousand seventeen. We're given odds. There are gambling odds on the freaking Heisman Trophy. Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding? Unbelievable. I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah, whatever. And Chris Weidman is going to appeal his controversial ticket loss to Shagard uh, Musasi. We shall see. And Sergey Kovalev lost respect for Andre Ward ahead of the June 17th, my birthday, fight. He goes, I want to destroy him. You do that, dude. You destroy him. You do what you have to do. Now, I read about this and I, 
I kind of like just threw it in the back burner, but they said what Daniel Cormier did at the weigh-in was dirty. Well, on the day of the weigh-in, this is, thanks uh, SB Nation, uh, Sean Ashadi, Cormier weighed in at 206.2 pounds, 1.2 over the light heavyweight limit at the official weigh-in ahead of the cage of rematch against Johnson. Now, under most major MMA commissions, such as those in Nevada or California, fighters are only permitted one chance to weigh in, meaning Cormier would have officially registered as overweight in these jurisdictions and been forced to forfeit his UFC light heavyweight title along with 20% of his light fight purse. But New York, which only legalized MMA last year and has dealt with numerous commission issues since fighters competing in championship contests are still allotted two extra hours to make their weight. He weighed in a second time less than three minutes after the first attempt and came in at 205 limit while noticeably touching the privacy towel with both hands. Now, Zimmerman, who, that Anthony uh, Rumble Johnson is appealing it, saying, you know, even if he's allowed to jump back, back in the scale, they said, he jumped on a minute or two later and somehow he lost 1.2 pounds? I'd like to know how, how he did it. How many fights have you ever seen where a guy's leaning on the towel? He said, this is a UFC title fight. Higher profile. There are a lot more people watching them than if this was just a regional show. And I, I'm just, you know, he held a towel. I mean, I'm just, how do you lose 1.2 pounds in, in three minutes? How do you do it? And he ended up beating Johnson by a rear, chico, a rear naked choke. And then Johnson announced his unexpected retirement from MMA. They said they're not willing to overlook, him and his team aren't willing to overlook the chaos that took place in uh Buffalo, they said there's videotape to prove it. Admit the mistake. It's worse. It's worse because they said, oh, we didn't see it. It happened. There's no denying it happened. Fix your mistake right there, right then. People are talking about instant replay during the flight. What about instant replay during the weigh-in? Looks like he's leaning on a towel to me. I mean, how do you do that shit? How do you lose 1.2 pounds in three minutes? I mean, even if I took a crap, I don't think. Yeah, it's impossible. Wow. I'm just blown away. It's It's like amateur hour. And also, Miguel Cotto is going to fight June 24th against Japanese contender Yoshihiro Kamegi. Kamagai. Kamagai. One of the leading candidates to face him. They might be in HBO. Now, uh, Kamegi. Kamegai. Is a junior middleweight with a record of 27-3, two draws, 24 KOs. He lost to Alfonso Gomez and Roberto Guerrero. Now, Cotto was expected to fight fate James Kerlin on February 25th, but the car was canceled after Kirkland suffered an injury in training. He's Cotto uh, has vowed to retire at the end of 2017. They, they're looking for June 24th. That's what they're looking to get the fight. I love Cotto. I love watching him fight. I, I think, I think, I think, yeah, he's a good dude. Now, I thought this was interesting. I, now they have the the Sullivan Award, which used to be called the AAU James Sullivan Award. Now, in 1936, Jesse Owens lost to white teammate Glenn Morris, 1,106 votes to 1,013. This was after Owens had been, well, first of all, he won four golds in Berlin. He had been the overwhelming, overwhelming winner of the AP poll for best athlete of the year, amateur or pro. Now, the AP reported some observers believe Morris's victory influenced in part by the fact that, and they, this is what they call him, the Negro Flash, uh, who turned pro after Olympics and engaged in several disputes 
at long and short-term range with AAU officials. And the Times noted that Owens had been left off one ballot entirely. So after he's passed and all this stuff, you know, the... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm choking. The AAU, new award this year, the Lifetime Achievement Award, and the first recipient is Jesse Owens, which doesn't... You know what? I mean, I feel like... Why do they do this stuff after a person dies? And all the shit, he used to race horses. He didn't make the money he should have made. He had to do odd jobs. You know, he had a tough life afterwards. You know, never did got the acclaim he should have gotten. I, I, you know what? It's like, oh, you know, well, let's make up. Let's make a wrong or right now. Well, no, you can't. You know what? You guys really fucked him over. It's bullshit. I know. I'm, I'm F-bombing like crazy. Now. I'm just, you know, I'm tired. I'm angry. It's been a long day. I want to do my JD talking sports. I'm out here. I'm talking. I'm sorry. Okay, soccer. U.S.-led 2026 World Cup bid. They're going to ask FIFA to accelerate the selection process. Could seal by the end of... Could seal... Could deal be done by the end of 2017 instead of 2020. If you got three countries involved in 2026, hey, nine years, you still got to get all the, the logistics and all that together. The sooner the better. Why do you have to wait three more years to make it happen? Do it now. Let's make it happen. And U.S. women, two exhibitions against Russia... Yesterday, they beat him in Houston 5-1. Crystal Dunn had two goals in each game. Good for her. Very happy for her. I think the Cavs are up by one with 34 seconds left in overtime. Wow. How about that? It's a hell of a game. And I'm talking to you instead. And have they... Yep. Dodgers, Cubs, top of the second. That game's going to end at like 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, but it's an hour earlier in... In Chicago. All right, folks, let me get to the trivia questions. All right, last night's trivia question. Okay, what three teams made the Sweet 16 in their first NCAA tournament appearance? Cleveland State in 86, Florida in 1987, and Florida Gulf Coast in 2013. Northwestern would have been the fourth, but they lost to Gonzaga and that non-goal-tending call. And he went crazy. Didn't he go crazy on the sideline? Chris Collins went crazy on the sideline. They lost 79-73 to Gonzaga. Okay. Tonight's trivia question. Who is the only Major League pitcher to have more than 200 wins and 150 saves? Who is the only Major League pitcher in the history, in Major League Baseball history, to have 200 wins and 150 saves? All right, Nets lost. That's okay. Yankees, off tomorrow, two in a row. Judge, home runs two days in a row. Mets got, they just won their second in a row, right? Yes, they won last night. They won tonight. Mets play tomorrow. Philly. You got a win ten. Uh, Degrom got a no decision, but Jay Bruce, three home runs in two games. Nets lost tonight. Hey, they already playing tough, and right now the Cavs are up by one. When I just I can't go back. Music's playing. Let's see if the Cavs can do it. Also, can the Clippers clinch tonight? The four seed over the Jazz. They're playing Houston tonight who has the MVP candidate. I think they're going to go down first round to OKC. We shall see. Have a good night, everybody. Talk to you soon. Peace out.